let me tell you what I've been up to lately. I've been working from home, probably like you. I step out to buy groceries or to run laps around the two-thirds of a mile loop that comprises my neighborhood. I did eight of those laps just the other day. Between handling social media posts, taking calls and writing stories, I take regular breaks to be with my kids. You know, painting, online education sessions on the Scholastic website, hide-and-seek, the mousetrap board game, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Sometimes, my youngest takes a nap. My wife is a nurse, so she obviously can't be here to help most days. I worry about her constantly. My brain can't quite reconcile that this isn't vacation. I've continued to produce stories, but doing that in a Star Wars t-shirt and shorts seems like practice or a test and less like the real thing. And all the while, probably like you too, I keep watching the state and local case numbers continue to tick up. I'm recording this in my closet with my cell phone. I'm not at work and can't use the amazing microphones that KTVL anchor Trish Gloss said I can use any time for recording purposes. Shout out to Trish and all the KTVL folks, by the way. I wanted to check in with some of my work people and see how they're doing. Selfishly, I miss them. Professionally, too. But I wanted to sample some of their new realities, see how they're holding up and what their day-to-day's been like. All while social distancing appropriately. Place your bets now on how many times my kids interrupt us. Welcome to The Insider. Quarantine version. How you doing? How you holding up? <clears throat> oh, fine. How are you? Yeah, we're okay. Mail Tribune photographer Jamie Lush and reporter Vicki Aldis joined me for this episode. <laughs> I wish I could convey to you how awesome it was to hear their voices. Yeah, I just wanted to check in, and I think this is really fortuitous because all three of us have kids of differing age levels. So, Jamie, I'll start with you. Your deal is... Um, it's a little different because you have still had to go out in the field. So I was actually kind of curious if you could give me a rundown of your status, how that's been working out, what you've been up to, stuff like that. Yeah, no, right now I'm sort of half working from home. You know, a lot of my work does involve editing pictures in front of a, a computer screen. And uh, I used to do that at the office, but I can easily do that from the house and, and just email my pictures. And that's definitely interesting with a, a little little one running around, but it's manageable. But most of my job involves, you know, photography, going out into the community and, and doing what I can to, you know, capture this all in, in photos. So for me, I've been just a, kind of approaching it by a case-by-case case and assignment-by-assignment assignment basis um, and sort of make decisions from there. Um, it's, I've definitely turned down a few assignments and so other assignments that you have attacked with, with vigor, just kind of depending on circumstances. Mm -hmm. I said no to one assignment that I was just, uh, not comfortable with. It was, uh, to go into a nursing home and get pictures of what life is like in a nursing home right now. And just for educating myself about the virus, knowing that you can be, you know, asymptomatic and be a carrier and still be contagious. And then reading the news of what just happens, you know, in the nursing homes when this thing gets loose in them, I wasn't worried about myself, you know, getting anything from a nursing home, but I was worried about 
making people sick, even though the, the possibility of that is microscopically, you know, it's completely possibly small. Just the idea of that happening was, was too much for me to, to, to be comfortable with. So, I, you know, I turned that down. So how do you set boundaries for yourself, would you say? So right now, as, as long as I feel like I can safely practice the, the recommendations for the social distancing, which are, you know, obviously not sharing a small space, the ability to keep six feet distance, uh, um, then I'm relatively comfortable going on assignment. I've definitely had to, to speak up a few times on assignments where either my coworkers or the people that I'm photographing have just been standing too close. You know, it's, it's weird. It's really hard to get used to that. First thing you want to do out on an assignment when you're photographing someone is, is build rapport and, you know, relate to the person. And the first process of that's typically shaking their hand. You know? So yeah. I've had just out of, out of instincts, had to stop myself and stop, stop them and be like, okay, let's, let's think about this for a second. Let's, Let's do this the right way. And there's been stuff we've on assignment through uh, some of these video shoots that I've been on that we just would never have thought about that have been quite challenging. For example, on an outdoor shoot, we had to <clears throat> mic up, uh, mic up the Mark Freeman and, and also his subject needed to wear a microphone, which involves a lot of touching. Mm-hmm. So we definitely try, you know, okay, here's a wipe, wipe it down you know, before you mic it up. And just thinking those things through. And then even beyond that, we had uh, different locations on some of these shoots and we were traveling from shoot to shoot using bicycles. And it just came up where we needed to, to share the bicycles. And I had to kind of stop everybody and be like, no, we have to think about this. We can't, I can't hop off a bike and have my other, the other videographer hop onto the same bicycle and you know do that sort of jockeying just because it's not the, pre- the correct way to practice so we had to slow down and just reevaluate completely how we how we approach the shoot it's quite challenging and have people been understanding of that or has there been some friction would you say you know this uh, people have been definitely understanding um it, it can be frustrating because we're, we're trying to get a job done and you want to tell yourself that, ah, that's such a minuscule possibility of there being any, any problems. But I guess the whole point of this social distancing stuff is to, if we do it early, then it can be effective. And so that's the whole point. So I'm trying to follow that. And I think people, for the most part, completely understand that. I have found it a lot more difficult to, to get people to, to agree to let me take their picture for the paper. Usually most assignments when I go out, people are more than willing to tell me their name and be in a photo for the newspaper. It's fun. It's, you know, 15 minutes or whatever you want to call it. It's cool to be in the newspaper right now, going out and trying to get people, you know, wearing masks or waiting in long lines at Costco or whatever the photo assignment may be. People just aren't interested in being in the shot. And so I've, I've tried to be very sensitive to that um, while still, you know, trying to do my job. Vicky, switching over to you, you are a reporter that goes out into the community quite frequently. You go to county meetings and you meet up with sources uh, for really interesting features and stuff like that. So how have you been adjusting to this? What, what, what's your day look like? Well, it's, it's different because like you said, we are used to going out and about visiting people in person. So I'm back to what we try not to do as much, which is on the phone all the time. You know, there's a a culture in our newsroom that it's better to be out in the community. And I have found that generally 
a story is better if you actually were on the site and have a more in-depth conversation with people. But now everything pretty much has to be done through a virtual <coughs> video meeting or on the phone. But, you know, people are doing so many amazing things out there. So it's been really inspiring to hear what they're up to. And the workload that we're under is just, I've, I've never experienced such a, so much information just flowing into our, not into our newsroom, but into our inboxes. And it's just this constant struggle to keep up with this wave of information that I feel like it's so important to get it out. And I'm working at home. Where do I draw the line? You know, like it's so easy to start work at 7:30 in the morning. You'll be at it at seven o'clock at night, and want to be looking again at nine o'clock, <laughs> and to work on weekends and just trying to figure out where do I draw the line between home and work. I haven't found that balance yet, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I hear you on that. It's been. Uh... And what I'm about to say sort of dovetails into my next question, but it's been a challenge for me. Um, my wife is a nurse, so she's frequently gone right now, absolutely an essential employee. Um, for a while, she was working directly with patients who were in respiratory distress to see if they actually had this thing and stuff like that. She was wearing the gown, the mask, the gloves, and she looked like she worked at like a biohazard facility. You know, some of the pictures I've seen of her. So she's not home during most of the day, many days a week. And so it's basically, there's no format that I've figured out yet. It, it's sometimes your five-year-old and your two-year-old get in a fight or are hungry or need to be paid attention to. And you have to stop what you're doing rapidly, no matter what it is. And you have to go tend to that. I mean, I, I've had to hang up literally in the middle of several interviews this week. I've had to hang up with Lauren Van Sickle over at Asante. I've had to hang up with Tanya Phillips. I've had to hang up with the Oregon State Fire Marshal's office. And, and God love them, they were all super understanding. You know, every single one was super, super understanding. They, they didn't get mad or anything like that. They actually were very receptive to what was going on. So that was easy, but it, it just it's made me realize that having a set place to work and get your stuff done without distractions was sort of a luxury in a lot of ways that I took for granted. You know, we would talk and stuff, but we were all still focused. We were all still locked in and doing our own thing. And a five-year-old and a two-year-old just don't understand that. So, so what's it been like for you guys on that front? Because, because both of you guys have children. They're a little bit older than mine. Well, Vicky, yours are quite a bit older than mine. So I wanted to start with you and see how that's been going. Well, Ryan, I feel so sorry for you because for many years, I did the part-time at home and the part-time in the office with little kids raising them and it's just you just feel like you're doing a bad job no matter what you're doing you just constantly feel guilty if we lived closer together I promise you I would loan you my kids um, and if it was safe for us to all be mingling together I promise you I would give them to you but I, at the same time I do feel bad about I want to do be able to do more with them because they are around um, but kind of have to draw boundaries of what you can do. I feel for everybody out there who has little kids. And what about you, Jamie? You have a son who's a, a little bit older than my oldest daughter. What, what's that been like? Yeah, well, for us, it's it's pretty insane. Would be the only word that I could come up with. You know, his little first grade is canceled. No school. Mm -hmm. His uh, he was signed up for t-ball and soccer and swim lessons. It's all canceled. 
he's an only child, so he doesn't have a playmate. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I'm trying to, you know, still attack my job to the best of my ability. If there was ever a time for me to, you know, go out and be a strong photojournalist, it's now. While at the same time, I have a huge responsibility to, to try to teach my child some of the core things he's missing in first grade, plus be his, uh, be his playmate. You know, he doesn't have anybody to play with. And when you're that age, that's hard. So I've, I take times of the day where I basically transform myself into a seven-year-old and it's fun. <laughs> and some of the reality of the, the family time has been quite magical. It's been amazing. And then other aspects of it have been, you know, monumentally challenging. What's it been like for you guys to watch everything unfolding from quarantine as opposed to being in a newsroom? Has that made any difference? You know, we've been trying to, to not shield our son from all of the information and not, you know, let, have him be aware of what's going on at the same time without, without scaring him. So it's been a juggling act between, because he knows what's going on. He wants to know why school is canceled. He wants to know why he can't play with his friends. And we don't want to lie to him. So we've been trying to just juggle the, that between not having him wake up with nightmares and not having him be traumatized by this, but at the same time having him you know, aware of what's going on. Well, for my kids, they can watch the news and they're old enough to have an understanding of what's going on. And I, I feel like they're generally accepting of it. Um, they're being really creative and finding new things to do in the house. My son has actually gone to work. A, a few, he goes to work a few days a week to fill in um, at the company that my husband manages um, just to help out for some people who can't be there. So they're all staying really busy. Um, I've said this before. I think the hardest thing for our family is my son missing his senior year of baseball. He's a pitcher, and he's worked really hard since Little League, so that's maybe the hardest thing. Um, like, I care about that more than his graduation ceremony in some ways, <laughs> but I, I think another big stress is he's a senior, so how will he graduate? What does this mean as far as his college plans and his ability to work during the summer to get more money for college? So, yeah, for seniors in this transitional phase, it's pretty stressful. I feel like the schools are just killing themselves to figure out ways to accommodate the kids and find out how can we make it so that these kids are going to graduate and not miss out on a diploma after 11 and three quarters years of school. <laughs> Based on the information that has been coming out about how social distancing seems to be working, um, you know, and there are certain other areas of the country that are still enduring hotspots who haven't really gotten to their peak yet. I don't think anybody's gotten to their peak yet. Ultimately, do you guys have a sense of hope at this point? Or are you trying to remain, you know, realistic and kind of take it a day at a time? Um, it's been easy for me to be hopeful the entire time because I've just talked to amazing person after amazing person doing incredible things, whether it's healthcare workers, people in the community engineers making personal protective equipment, just the incredibly nice, amazing and creative things that businesses <coughs> and people, everybody's doing. Um, and I'm on the phone talking to people who have a lot of energy, a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of hope. Um, I'm trying to realize that it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. Uh, I need to pace myself. 
the times that I actually feel most sad are actually when I leave the house and I see that people just are, it's, it's empty. It's like the zombie apocalypse has happened yeah. <laughs> and only survivors are left on the planet. And you know, people are there, they're just hidden somewhere, but that's the only time where I feel like this sense of sadness of going to my places that I need to go, like the grocery store, and it's just not, or the farmer's market, in, or just the streets downtown, it's just empty, and, and that's the part that makes me feel kind of sad, um, but I'm glad that I have so much contact with people doing amazing things to keep me feeling up. Yeah, I guess the, the honest answer to that question is, um, I don't know. There's, there's just simply so many unknowns and so many variable, variables to this whole thing. I mean, it does look like social distancing is working. I don't feel like my family is going to get sick as the way, the way that we're practicing it right now with schools closed. And I feel like if everyone approaches it with, you know, in due diligence that it will work. But for how long can we keep that up? for the economic costs for one, and eventually schools have to open back up. And for me and for my family, we, we know when schools open back up, it's the social distancing stuff's all completely out the window. The little kids just, you know, they pass on sicknesses like wildfire. There's no stopping it. So mm -hmm. to me, my instincts tell me that they have to keep schools closed, which is, you know, I mean, wow. I mean, I don't know, and wow. <laughs> Yeah, it's tough to know when to be optimistic and when to be realistic at this point. I feel like I've sort of been a ping pong ball just going back and forth. Like, like I'll read something or I'll interview somebody like Vicky, like you were talking about, and I'll think to myself, oh, okay, okay, we're starting to make some real progress. But then I'll read something else and it'll take me back completely to the other end of the spectrum. So yeah, to your point, it's, it's hard to know what to feel or think definitively because it just, it, it changes moment to moment. I mean, this virus is so new and doctors and scientists daily are still scrambling to learn as much as they can about it. And meanwhile, the whole world continues to be on pause in a lot of respects, you know? So, uh, crystal ball question, when do you think we're going to be back in the newsroom, back in society? Do you guys have any bets, any guesses, predictions? I have thought about this a little bit and I'm maybe in the summer. I don't really know. One thing about me is, like people will say, like Mark Freeman, the outdoor reporter, he sits by us and he'll say, Vicki, what are you doing this weekend? And I'll say, Mark, I have no idea what I'm doing this weekend. You know, it's like, I'm a working mom. I work full time. I've got kids normally running around doing everything. I cannot even think one week ahead. So I'm not really spending a lot of time thinking about the future um, and when are we all going to get back to work and when is this all going to be over I just feel like I'm just going to slog along week by week and just take things as they come <coughs> and try to be flexible and I'm just Ryan you know we've gone out on stories we've talked to people who have uh, encountered things that we have asked like how did you not just <laughs> freak out and lose your mind and get so angry over that. And they've given us some good advice on trying to keep some of those things in mind and not get frustrated over things that are little and just trying to keep an even temperament as much as I can. Yeah, Vicki, I agree. This is a day by day. You know, when we're, when we're back in the office, well, I don't think the world's just going to, we're going to snap our fingers and the world's going to open back up. Just don't think it can be like that. The virus probably is going to come back in the fall. 
So I think they're going to open us back up uh, little by little. So mm-hmm. if it's ne- necessity for you to be in the office, the only way you can get your job done is by physically being there. Then they'll start to slowly allow that maybe by, by summer, who knows? But I think if you're, you are capable of getting your work done without being in the office, they're going to continue to to ask us to do that until there's a vaccine. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or it's been eradicated completely. Is there anything else you guys wanted to add I didn't touch on that you think is important to mention right now? Yeah, I'd like to add that the our newsroom in particular has been amazingly supportive to me and my family, and mm-hmm. I'd like to thank our organization for that. And I also think that the vibe that I get out on assignments is like you had on your phone calls having to hang up on your sources has been very, very awesome. Just, I don't know, speaking lofty here, just seeing humanity, everyone's been through my eyes has been amazingly supportive to each other. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's been very forgiving. It's strange is a weird word to use because we should all strive to have grace, but it seems like this is at a 2.0 level that I've never seen before. You know, everybody's so busy, but everybody just gets that we're all busy and we really are all in this together. I have a feeling like everybody is learning so much about how to function in a different way. So you know, this in some ways has been a slow moving disaster. I gradually stopped working at the office. I gradually started bringing all of my equipment home. I had time to do this. Um, I have a feeling that everybody's going to be much better prepared if we have something like Ebola. Imagine if Ebola hits America, that would be even worse. But now people know how to work virtually, they have the equipment. They have Zoom on their computer. You know, they're much more ready to go. I feel like we're more prepared for something that might come and get us in a much faster way than how this is unrolled. So I talked to one person um, from Amy's Kitchen, and they're adapting their business, which is uh, organic convenience food. And they say that now she said that now we know how to do that. And I feel like we're in that situation. Now our society, we know how to do that. We're, we're just better prepared for anything that could happen in the future. Well, thank you both for coming on to do this. I miss you guys, and hopefully I'll see you soon. Yep. Hang in there, Ryan and Jamie. <laughs> thank you, guys. Have a good day. Okay, bye. This is Ryan File. You've been listening to The Insider. Wash your hands. Stay at home. Thanks for coming inside. Mm-hmm.